Zimbraconda is a proud supporter of Wisconsin Badger Athletics. If you're looking to purchase, finance, or service a new or pre-owned Honda, buy local. Part of the Madison community since 1973, Zimbraconda's customer service is second to none. Experience it today for yourself. Shop local. Shop Zimbraconda. Before I say anything else, I want to be clear. I get to talk to a Badgers legend every day in Mark Tauscher. But this guy's like a legend legend. Yeah, he's he's in like every Hall of Fame you could ever imagine. I love it when he joins us. Uh, he is also in the Hall of Fame of people who helped me learn how to do this job, along with Barry Alvarez and... Brad Childress, he gave so me a chance a to have a chance. Then? Well, is I, that a compliment? I, I, view I it know as you a got compliment. another award that you're up for. What the Nasbys or something? What is it called? The, the Nasby Award? Uh, no, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, but I will say this: I, I I love this guy. He has been wonderful to me throughout my career, and I love it when he joins us. It is Wisconsin Athletic Director Emeritus. Is that what you wanted, Tausch? Is that is that how you yeah, wanted? Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Yep, I like it. And that. Badgers legend Pat Richter on Wilde and Tausch. Pat, good morning. How are you? Good morning, boys. I've been listening to the show, and I'm not sure I'm either going coming into Family Feud or the Elf set uh, watching the film. <laughs> Jeez, Probably a little bit of both. I wasn't sure this was. I wasn't sure this was a sports show. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have fun with it. That's what. Uh, yeah, we try to do that. Uh, all right, Pat. So obviously, we remember you and Donna Shalala bringing Barry Alvarez to the University of Wisconsin, and how everything changed as you now watched as. Luke Fickle was introduced as the new head football coach at the University of Wisconsin. What thoughts and memories went through your mind? Well, it was uh, somewhat similar. Obviously, we were in a different position with respect to the status of the program than we are today. We're still better off regardless of what's going on. And, you know, you it's it's kind of a... No, this is not a science that you got to project and saying, well, we were headed down a path here uh, with uh, some risk of adverse situations. And and that was, uh, I guess, the only question I had was uh, the timing of it and everything else. Because I think, you know, when you make a move like that, you can continue on. Confidence, Jimmy is obviously a good qualified candidate. Or you come up with the shock treatment. And I think. Uh, you know, Barry was not necessarily a shock treatment because he was kind of talked about as being a possibility as well. I guess the analogy that might have would be like Stu Jackson in basketball. Now, that was a shock treatment. Yeah. We were at a point in time when you had to kind of get, you know, as long as you can make a move like that, make a bold move and make people understand that you're really trying to head in a different direction. That's kind of what happened here. I don't think that uh, anybody you know around here, certainly not myself, thought that Lou Pickle was the guy, certainly heard of him, and, and followed his career and things like that. And remember talking to Vrabel in the NFL Players Association, but the fact that he and Pickle were kind of the bookends and uh, playing, did a great job. And so the question was, was being available, whether the timing was such that it came in at the last second, who knows. 
that's that's one of the benefits of having a search firm. And uh, and we do that. I do some little search in athletic directors, etc. Because you can get into that space without uh, getting into some trouble. Technically, you have kind of a oh unwritten rule that you've got to get ask permission to talk to coaches. Well, I, I would expect that probably what happened was uh, the minute that opening occurred and uh, Luke Fickle was uh, inclined, as he's described it in the press conference, he sold his agent saying, get in touch with the turnkey and make express my interest because it's just something we want to be able to, the school, like Mac, wanted to be able to say, you know, talk to so-and-so or whatever. And once the firm was mentioned, then they go that direction and you get into that space without disturbing any kind of uh, talks and things like this, which are not appropriate. And that's, you got to be careful in that situation. Yeah, Pat, how does that work? With, because you have to be so delicate, right? Fickle turned down some opportunities last year. And you know when you're looking and you have that list of names or the idea of who might be out there, is it you just reach out? I know his agent, uh, Trace Armstrong. Do you reach out to Trace? Do you have the search committee do that? And how do you delicately do that? And i got to give Mac a lot of credit for being as uh, covert as he was because it really didn't show up on anybody's radar until Sunday morning that he was going to be the guy. Yeah, that's an important thing. The most important thing in any search is confidentiality because you, you don't want to burn the situation up in terms of uh, the current situation that they're in, the current coaching. And so I would expect it's more of the agent making There's been some conversations I'm sure that the agent had with the, the coach, and he may have said when he when when came across the wire, hey, they let uh, Paul Chris go. Uh, what are your thoughts or whatever or maybe he knew it at a time because he discussed what he did on the press conference and then the agent would then make the contact to the search firm that would be keep it away from anything that you know Max kind of have plausible deniability here because you don't want to get into disturbing anything at Cincinnati or a school that they're coaching at because they're right in the same finish up of the season and look, you know, trying to get a championship and things like that so more or less, it's the agent and the and the, and the search firm, and it worked out probably to the point when he had a chance to talk to, to Jim, and after the season was over, and then of course they had played a game. I guess it was Thursday or Friday night, so there was availability there, and so it happened probably quickly at that point in time. But uh, something was handled the right way, but certainly that was uh, probably the textbook situation with regards to uh, using a search firm the value of that because once it happened in, or during the season, then basically a lot of things are happening. A lot of prep work is done. A lot of discussions are had with any potential uh, coaches to it through agents. And you can sort out the good ones and the bad ones and not that bad necessarily, but better situations. And then you can kind of focus on that. So you come down to the point of who do you want to talk to? What this, uh, what's their propensity for you know, changing the program and things like this. And you may talk to two or three people. I think I talked to maybe four. And you get to people that are not employed. You get the assistant coaches because the coaches want them to get a job. So they're able. you're able to talk to them, get permission. And then you have the situation where sometimes between the end of the season and the bowl games, and that's when, you did, that's when I did all the moving around and flying and things like this and talking to people. And, uh, and didn't use a search firm, but 
The other thing about it is you got to make sure that uh, which Mac did and what Mark is pointing to is he's got to take ownership of it, and that's what he wants to do and uh, make sure that this is not a you know, democratic process necessarily. When you start getting committees and whatever, I made sure that they understood that this is this is my decision. It's my job that's on the line, and uh, you have to do that because it's uh, there's no veto power in this kind of a situation because it's too important. Yeah, so, Pat, obviously, you know, you've had tough conversations and you've had to let coaches go, and yeah, I'm sure the conversation Mac had with Jimmy Leonard was really tough. I, I guess if you're having a conversation with Jim and there's been talks that he met with Coach Fickle yesterday and they're trying to figure out if there's going to be a role for him moving forward, what would what advice would you give a guy like Jimmy, who obviously loves this university, who I think loves living in Madison, and balancing that with the disappointment of not getting the head coaching job? Yeah, I think you really uh, that's that's obviously the real situation, it's, uh, life, you know, personal and everything else in a situation like that. Because I think you've got to talk about his career, what he's done. Not necessarily comparing him to the coach coming in, but to everybody else. I mean, even if you talk about Barry, you know, he'd been at Iowa, he'd been an assistant head coach at uh, Notre Dame. I remember having we had a discussion with um, uh, Dan McCarney, and we all know Dan McCarney was long pretty tight, and he was uh, kind of a real wild man on defense and was a great coach. And he was offered a job that I didn't think, and I don't think Barry thought was really worthy of his getting into it. Because he kind of sat down and said, look, you've got to understand, getting in to be a head coach is not the same as being a defensive line coach or a defensive coordinator because you can't necessarily play off of your, your strengths. You have to sit behind a desk. You have to deal with the mundane things and difficult things often. It'd be like a babysitter in some respects. And so when you do that, then you start to say the context, this is a lot, it's built on experiences. I mean, Mark knows, knows this as well. Everything he's done when he first got into broadcast, he was terrible. You know, you, you kind of brought him along. That's true. <laughs> no, broadcaster. Of the, what did I win? Broadcaster of the year. What did I get? A couple. Look at you now. Madison. Yeah, look at that. I, so year, yeah. it, it all comes around. But I, Pat, I, when I didn't mean to stir the hornet's nest, but it's just kind of making sure they understand <laughs> it's not. It's not that he's not a, a good person, but there's a better person at this particular point in time. And once you get started on it, if, in fact, if you're not prepped in all the different types of things, I mean, there's a lot of work. I mean, I'm sure that week we had the bye week that he had uh, to sit behind the desk and do all those things. I just wish that, uh, that maybe it would have been a little bit more or less the conversation because then it leads to disappointment. And, uh, I mean, everybody in, the, in town and everybody in, you talked to said, you know, it was Jimmy Leonard, Jimmy Leonard, Jimmy Leonard. And that was unfortunate because it's a bigger letdown, and you can see that by the letters and things like that. And it's it's a difficult situation. This is not an easy business, and it's very difficult made by Mill and the transfer portal and uh, all of those things. And it's, it takes a lot of experience. And, and I think with Luke, uh, having been at Ohio State, understanding as a player, I mean, it's a different ball game, and, and he wants to upgrade uh, the the Wisconsin program to that type of level, whether that's possible or not, we'll find out. But uh, it, it, when you go around and you travel, and Mark knows this better than anybody, travel and see facilities and things like this. I mean, there, there's support and there's other support, and uh, it's a big, it's a big difference, it's a big leap, and it's not something that's easily grasped when you 
and not have the administrative duties and all the rest of the things around. And he's, he can be a great coach, and he could have been a great coach uh, at Wisconsin. And uh, we just don't know that, but I think there's some risks involved. And uh, hopefully there's a space for him to uh, to be uh, involved because he is uh, certainly uh, just everything that's happened in the last year or so proves out the fact that he's a special person. All right, Pat, one more thing for you before we go. And, by the way, I don't see anything wrong with the shell. I don't see any need to get rid of the shell for some new $300 million facility. If the shell was good enough for me as a student, um, okay, maybe it's well, time we, to go. We practiced there. When it, when it rained, that's where we practiced. And we played. We practiced baseball. If you could play third base in the shell and that uh, dirt and the hard clay, <laughs> you could play third base anywhere in the world. <laughs> So you mentioned the transfer portal and NIL, and obviously you and Barry and Donna Shalala rescued the awash in red ink Badgers Athletic Department once upon a time. Uh, we have talked about this on the show a lot. Obviously, Tausch and I both feel very strongly about our alma mater. But this is one thing that I have been worrying about for a while, that the way Wisconsin does its business, that even with the Varsity Collective and everything else, that there would be challenges. I, I know that this is a very different era than the one you presided over, but from the 30,000-foot view and having been in the, the position of running the athletic department, is this something that worries you, and do you think Luke Fickle's hiring in part is a function of this new world that we all live in in college athletics? I think that's probably the latter is probably true, and I think that uh, playing in that uh, particular arena is going to prove here's a guy that's seen it all, for example. He understands the, the dynamics of Wisconsin and doing it the right way and such like that. And ultimately, it's probably going to play out that uh, there's going to be more controls and things like this done. Right now, it's kind of a, just a wild, wild west type of situation. And uh, I think that Wisconsin... Certainly without all the TV revenues and things like that from the Big Ten, that's changed the game entirely. I mean, we had to find a million dollars of new money every year just to stay the same, and now it's just dropping from heaven. And and, the, and you have to do the maximum that you can do in terms of facilities. I mean, I was at a graduation in South Carolina with my grandson, and they went around the facilities, and I said, I mean, here's kind of like the bottom feet of the SEC, and you wouldn't believe the facilities. It's unbelievable. We don't have a space in Wisconsin. There's some limitations that we have to do with respect to building and things like that. But I think that the, the message is very clear that Wisconsin is going to do it the right way. And it may be we're in the forefront in that regard. You get somebody of the caliber of Luke Fickle was seen at a top, a top level with respect to Ohio State and even at Cincinnati. And now it's going to be uh, how important is it? I mean, it's obviously very important in terms of the budgets and and funding and for the sports and things like this, but I, I, I certainly you got to worry about it a little bit. It's it's control. I saw the situation. And I don't want to get too long here, but uh, with respect to the quarterback that had his father negotiating, he wanted a chef. He wanted a, a, an apartment building that they would rent out. He wanted a six figures uh, salary, and the father is negotiating. I've not seen much of that anywhere around. What's the rules with respect to saying, well, you're going to give me X. Uh, could you get the X plus two? 
I mean, how much negotiation can you have? Is that within the rules? Right. You don't really right. find much uh, regulation in that regard. That can be the real danger because uh, one thing that Paul did say was certainly prophetic, I think, with respect to it's, it's not supposed to be an inducement, but that's exactly what it is. It's naive to think that it isn't. And uh, it's just going to be kind of until those rules are, and it may have to be done nationally because state rules can be legislated that allow you to do certain things that we couldn't do, for example, in other states. So it's going to have to be a nationwide uh, structure to uh, to control those things. Otherwise, anybody can do just about anything they want with respect to the protection of their state law. And some states would be willing to put in legislation to make it easy to do because it's so important to them to have a big program. Yeah, like Alabama and Ohio and some of those states. Pat, before we let you go, the NCAA is, they're not reg- really relegating anything, regulating anything, right? Is there a chance, yeah. is it going to end up just being where you have the two or three big conferences, SEC, Big Ten, and whatever other conference aligns itself? Are they just going to make their own rules and say, this is what we need to do so that you're not talking about giving three apartment buildings to some a high school senior to induce them to come to their school? Is that something you think is going to happen? I think it prob- it's probably about 40% of the way there, maybe even 60%. I think the NCAA, the things that they're getting involved in now, are trying to make themselves relevant. I mean, the transfer portal with respect to the volleyball person in Wisconsin was ridiculous. I mean, they just, they just don't understand what's going on, and I think that they've gotten off the track. And I would expect that it's, it's moving that direction. The Power Five and the conferences are bigger. The mega conferences are going to be uh, more weighty. And then they'll probably have, the, certainly with the television revenues, they have, they have the support that they can provide to self uh, kind of uh, police themselves. The, the Pac 12 has kind of done a little bit of that themselves. And they used to have a committee. And I think that you're going to see that on a smaller scale and make more. It, more, it makes more sense. They're just uh, it's not relevant. Uh, there's, there's so much difference in the size and the, what the uh, impact of the programs are. That you just can't regulate it on an ad hoc basis. And the NCAA's done that. And I, they hadn't done a very good job of it for, for a long period of time. And now it's gotten even less problematic, I think, in terms of them even staying around. So I think that they're. They're really scraping for their, a piece of a niche of something like that. At the very least, I mean, not least, but maybe most, maybe they'll turn into a, a, a kind of a policing body type of thing and just take one particular space that rather than doing basketball and everything else. But it's going to be a tough haul. They've got they've lost the, uh, the stick, so to speak, in terms of the power because of the television and the conferences and the and with the way the movement and the affiliations and things like this. And every time that happens, it gets worse. And I think that there's no question that they were late to get into the game with respect to the student-athletes. And it probably would have worked if, if you, for example, in school, Mark, and said, hey, we want, we're going to give you $5,000 uh, per year if academics are good and graduation and things like this. You've been happy as a clam, and it might have forestalled a lot of this, so they keep their hands right. on it, but they didn't do that. They waited, waited, waited. All of a sudden, it all dumped on them, a lot of legislation and Supreme Court decisions, and they were too late to do anything. Then it got to be big money. Now, it's, 
You might, you might, you might have gone back and got more money playing at the university than you did at Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine what uh, the recruitment of Pat Richter would have been like in today's day? <laughs> all playing every sport, six apartment buildings, two chefs. Like, what? Who knows what would have happened if Pat Richter is getting recruited in today's day and age? Yeah, still couldn't hit the ball straight, though. Stop. All right. So the. <laughs> The greatest athlete in University of Wisconsin history, a Badgers legend, the athletic director emeritus, but most importantly, a listener to Wilde and Tausch who wonders what the hell we're talking about most of the time he listens. Yeah, that'll be a I, I got a hunch that's going to be a drop. <laughs> he is Pat Richter. Pat, thank you so much, our friend. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to hearing you next time. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, the greatest badger ever is listening to our show, wondering what the, is this even a sports show? Well, he's got a point. He's not wrong, as is often the case. Just like you're not wrong about Amfam. I'm not. Get on up to Lambeau. You want an incredible experience? Well, American Family Insurance is willing to get you there. Great tickets, exclusive tailgate for you and your friends, all expenses paid, travel and accommodation for you and five of your buddies. Well, American Family Insurance Dream Weekend Sweepstakes. It is all that and a bag of chips. Head over to AmFam.com slash Packers, AmFam.com slash Packers to enter for your chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime Packer fan experience. No purchase necessary. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. More next. It's Wildey and Tausch.